Hey, this is Ashlyn, former co-host of the Top 10 Recovery Podcast, The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert. I have had my challenges, but I am also living proof that joy is possible, even when life does not go as planned. Every day I get to help women rise and find their own healing despite their circumstances. I'm excited to share with you real examples of living a life full of adventure, true healing, and freedom, no matter how messy life gets each episode, I will introduce you to someone I love and respect to talk about ways to be the buffalo and to face your storms in different areas of life. If you're looking for just betrayal topics, catch me on my former podcast where there are four years of golden content, all for free at your fingertips. All right, let's do this. Today, we are talking about myth-busting video gamers with Logan Rowe, and he's actually the first person that I saw on social media who was talking about gamers in a non-negative way. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why he's here today. Let me tell you who Logan is. Uh, Logan Rowe has had a versatile career of education and mental health advocacy. After six years of teaching English and film lit, Logan now focuses his energy as a stay-at-home dad on raising his son, oh, his and his wife's five-year-old son. With what time he does find available, he enjoys hosting games of Dungeons and Dragons and teaching families how to play, as well as running the reading Rain Row Book Club, club, supporting his wife, Tiffany's mindful counseling business, and creating content to educate against mental health stigma, video game stigma, and the problems of gender roles and gender norms. And if you don't follow Mr. Rowe, it's worth it. Like I, I follow you and your wife. And I followed your wife for a long time before I found you, I would just see you showing up in the dancing and <laughs> things. And then I'm like, Oh, he, I love the memes. I love all of it. So I'm here for it. Uh, but Logan, tell me where, where you even started with games. I know Dungeons and Dragons is a whole nother world, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not aware of, but I love how people are so into it and, and can create that whole other world. So where yeah. do you start? Um, and surprisingly enough, those two worlds um, share so much in common. Many say that uh, Dungeons and Dragons was the the precursor to video games. Oh. It, it, it set the stage of this world building where you become this character and you go on these quests. And as technology developed, we took those Dungeons and Dragons worlds and ideas and transferred them into a a video game setting. So they are definitely connected. And I... This goes all the way back. I remember when my family got the original Nintendo, that little gray yeah. box, and it and it all started there playing Tiger Heli and Mario, and and it just completely took off for me. Um, and the funny thing is, is my parents were obviously the ones buying this mm -hmm. equipment, these consoles. They were the ones with the money, but as the years progressed, um, this like rift form this chasm of like oh i don't want you playing these and yet we're still buying them <laughs> and like by the time i'm buying my own playstation my my parents are just like video games <laughs> and i'm like you started this if anything you, you're the ones behind it um and i think that it, it there is this very interesting stigma that even now 20 30 years down the the road that we hold against video games that mm -hmm. that they are somehow this unknown this this 
negative impact in my child's life or my partner's life. And, and it's, it's doing things to them that I don't want it to do. And, and I just am like, let's talk about that. Why, Mm -hmm. why do you think that? What is, where is this coming from? Like I said earlier, um, this is the the same generation of the satanic panic around D and D that if you played D and D, you clearly were a Satanist and, and worshiping the devil or rock and roll. Like there, there's all these stigmas because so much of it comes from a fear of the unknown. I don't understand this. I don't know it. And I, I'm curious of all the parents out there that might be listening or partners that have never gamed. Like how much do you actually know about video games? Mm-hmm. Like what do you really know about what your partner or your children are doing playing games? And have you taken the time to really sit down with them and wonder why Um, you had asked me like, what are the pros and cons about Mm -hmm. games? And right off the bat, the biggest pro for me and what something I wish I got more of was connection, Mm -hmm. like having my parents sit down and pick up a controller with me and be like, yeah, I'll, I'll play some street fighter with you solely to be like, let me connect with you. Yeah. Let me let me be interested in something that you are interested in. And that right there is is it's world building. It's it's a beautiful thing. A partner that sits down and say, look, I don't really know what we're doing, but sure, I'll play this game with you. And next thing you know, you're both laughing and you're finding another way to connect with someone that you care about in in a medium that maybe you would have never considered before. Hey, that's so funny because yesterday I'm scrolling Instagram and follow rando people, but he's, this guy said, men don't receive flowers until their funeral usually. And I know it's kind of strange. And so he said, if you're not going to give flowers to your man, then here's some other options. And one of them was sit down next to them when they are gaming, if they're gamers and play with them or ask questions, like be involved, be interested. And it, that is, that's what I have become as I'm dating a gamer. And Mm -hmm. it has been this funny thing where I'm like, it's not terrible. And I've always heard from partners, women partners saying, my, my husband is always gaming. He gets on there with his brothers and they stay up late and they game. And it's, he's not choosing me. He's choosing the game. And I can understand that idea of you're choosing something else over me. And I also know when we say always and, and think, you know, those hard line Mm -hmm. words that we're maybe exaggerating a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me to ask questions and start to understand this from this man I'm dating, why do you love games so much? And it all of a sudden opened up this whole world to me where he said, you know, he grew up where he didn't have the money to his mom didn't either to buy game consoles. So when mm-hmm. he did receive his first game console, it was a giant deal. And from there, he's kept every console since. So he has mm-hmm. all of the games and all of the things and he still can play them all. And it is the coolest thing for me to see as he connects with his brothers across the country, his brothers here in the same town. And laugh and talk. And sometimes they're being, you know, they're in the game and sometimes they're talking about life and they're on their whole different, you know, headphone. Yes. From the the rest of the game. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, 
like first off thank you for just bringing up um that that, that is so true um that flower yeah connection know, like right but but it tells us something very clear about um how we perceive men and women um and again getting into like gender roles or gender yeah. norms um it's very normal for women to meet up with other women for no other reason but to talk right yes. like we're just getting together we're going to the cafe we're just going to sit and talk so they're coming over to my house and it's very difficult for men to do that you don't see a lot of yeah. men being like hey you want to just like go sit down and like talk and it doesn't happen and so mm -hmm. men have to create these reasons to yeah. get together and and I'm not encouraging that. I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying that that that's how men have been socialized to yeah. be. I see and that. I like yeah. that. And so if it's not, you know, we're going to go play some basketball, we're going to mm -hmm. go to the court or we're going to go to the gym. Video games is a very easy medium for men to get together and socialize. And so I don't I don't like to think of it as you're choosing them over me. Um Obviously, of course, you should definitely be prioritizing your relationships yeah. and your family, but there could be a balance for all things. And if mm -hmm. it's okay for the for the wife or the girlfriend to go see her friends, if that's outside of the house, then it should also be okay for the guy to sit down on the couch and game with his his friends. Yeah, it might just it's just viewed differently. It's it's the same thing. One's just taking place in the home in the home with headphones on. And the others taking place in the yoga studio or yeah. or the cafe. You know, it, it's it's just how we perceive them. I like and that. I'm I'm much like you. I have a, a brother that's 10 years younger than me who lives in St. George. And one of the ways that we connect is through games. And it wasn't until games really became part of both of our lives that we realized we really liked each other's company. And in, you know, in the late loading screens or while we're waiting in the lobby, like we would just yeah. talk, we would just talk about whatever your kid, your wife, you know, your job, how's anything. Yeah. And that was a really nice way of, of connecting with my brother that I know many other people um, are experiencing as well. Mm -hmm. I love that. And and it really is ask questions. When I ask questions, I get the background, the stories, and it all makes sense. Um, my So speaking of gender roles, one of the myths of video gamers is that they're men, they're boys, and that girls don't do it. And here I am, I have two girls and guess what? They're gamers. And yep. um, it's funny because my youngest said, I don't want boys to think that I'm like one of those girls that's trying to be cool and be friends with boys because I game. She's like, I actually just like it. Yeah. And you know, they play very different games from each other. And the funny part for me is she started playing. Um, uh, some people are going to judge whatever call of duty um, mm -hmm. with my boyfriend. So he's at his house and she's here and that's how they started connecting was through call of duty. And wow. so they're talking <laughs> on the headphones and getting to know each other that it was really cute to watch and just see them showing up in a very different way. Yeah. Like their own yeah. little world. Yeah. My niece is the same way. I have a, a teenage niece. She's, she's in high school. And if we're not talking about Dungeons and Dragons, we're probably talking about video games. And I, <laughs> I, I just finished Spider-Man and I'll pass it off to her and she'll play it. Like, 
it's it's I hate I hate girls are either trying to become cool to mm-hmm. impress a guy. And why can't a girl just enjoy a video game yeah. as well? It's not they're for anyone. They're anyone that wants to play them. Yeah. So, yeah, th- there are definite elements in the video game culture that that I disagree with. I don't like the gatekeeping that some male gamers do put on female gamers. Like, why are you here? Mm. Like, this isn't really where you should be. But again, I think this all stems from from the stigma of of what the world has said gamers are they're mm-hmm. these basement dwelling weirdos that don't know how to socialize um and and i think a lot of that uh gets wrapped up in even one's like perception of themselves or i i have to be this and i have to not like girl gamers because i've been told that this is just for guys yeah and and obviously that's completely wrong yeah i love that um one of the other myths is gamers aren't socially adjusted, which is what you're just talking about. Like, and here you are saying here, we're connecting, we're talking. You are, um, I know, especially when you're playing those team games and you're telling, Hey, they're over here, go. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fun to listen to the strategic talk of it all. And, you know, I can't hear the other side, but I can hear my daughter, just her words. And then I mean, it's, it's laughable. Sometimes she's singing while she's playing and I'm like, she's the girl version and I love it. Yeah. And they're like, mute your microphone. Yeah. She's doing her own thing. It's sometimes. Yeah. The communication <laughs> might even reach points of like, wow, this is, this is getting intense. <laughs> um, I, I have so many memories. Um, there's a game destiny and, and destiny Two where six players get together and they do something called a raid that is like an incredibly uh, cohesive communication dependent activity. Every person has a different role and they all have to do this thing together. And so it's, Mm. it's nonstop communicating and then you fail and you have to start over and you fail and you start over. And this group of six guys are like, okay, what are we doing wrong? All right, let's switch it up. It, It requires so much socialization and communication it just blows my mind that anyone would be like oh it turns you into like an antisocial weirdo <laughs> it's the complete opposite even thinking of people gaming together on the couch or or someone's trying to beat a boss in a game like mario and and they're losing and so they pass the controller to their brother hey you try it now and, yeah and do it like this and no no go that way there's there's such a socialization aspect to gamers and the gaming world that I think people outside of that either are choosing not to see or just really have never been aware of, mm. but it's there. It's there. Oh, um, I, and I grew up playing uh, video games with my sisters mm-hmm. and, you know, we were Contra <laughs> and oh, yeah. left, right, left, right, up, down. Yeah. All mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Mario, I loved the race car games. And so those are the things that I still actually, I really like if I'm going to play a game with my kids or a partner, I, give me a car. I'm not going to be great yeah. at it, but it is fun for me. Yeah. And so I, I like when there's, um, you're involving your family and you're maybe your family's in, in interested. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever played Jackbox? It's not a video game. Yeah, game. yeah, like the quizzes. Yeah. Yes. A very so, party friendly yes. type of game. 
So we play Jackbox all the time with family and friends and kids are involved in all of it. And it really is just sitting on the couch. Everyone's on their phone, watching the TV, playing games. Mm -hmm. And it's very similar of what you're describing. Uh, it's, we get to know each other differently. Um, we're laughing, we're having fun and then problem solving. And what I've noticed is, yeah, sometimes my kids will go and they'll Google how to beat a certain step that they're stuck on. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times they're just in it and they keep repeating and trying to problem solve. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's together and sometimes it's alone. And I could look at that as like, oh, they're spending so much time on this game and they're not winning and they're not moving forward. Or I can look at it like, okay, they're really pushing themselves and trying to problem solve and they're mm -hmm. failing and they keep trying. Think about all the things that are being impacted there. Um, not only uh, problem solving or thinking outside the box, but you also have someone that is dealing with not, um, you know, uh, there's no immediate gratification. They have to work for mm. it. They have to work for it. They have to work for it. Or or perseverance. Like, I have to keep trying until I do this. You could look at, like, the threshold of um, intolerance and frustration and, and finding a way to compose yourself. I've had games that were so hard and I would lose and lose and lose. I would literally put the controller down and say, I'll come back tomorrow. I can't do this right now. But I, I'm too frustrated and this is getting too much for me to handle right now. I'll do it tomorrow after I like compose myself for a bit. And I come back the next day and like the second try, I beat it. I'm like, see, I just needed to be <laughs> I needed in, like, the right headspace. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Which is like life anyway. How many times do I get stuck in not feeling creative in my work and I need to take a break mm -hmm. and come back to it? So yeah, I love that. I've, if I might also just say this yeah. as well, um, I love comparing how parents might become frustrated with, with their children playing games. Um, if those children were doing anything else with that same amount of time, like if a child was working on a puzzle for an hour, would you be like, Oh, still doing that puzzle? You know, like, Oh, you're still reading a book. It's been two hours, but it's interesting <laughs> how like we, we just have these, these perceptions mm -hmm. that if you're playing a video game, because it's on a screen, there's just something about that that I don't like, that I don't yeah. agree with. But if you are puzzle solving or world building in any other way, parents are okay with it. Oh, you've been playing with your Legos for over an hour. It's but you've been quiet and productive and creating, and that's okay. But you're playing Minecraft. It's been over two hours. Like it's literally the same thing. One's just on a screen, and one's not. Yeah. And I'm and why? I have been that mom, Logan, where I'm like, oh, it's time to get off because but I haven't looked at it in that perspective. And I love that when I started seeing my oldest daughter play Minecraft, she does creative mode. So mm -hmm. I don't even know what the actual game looks like. She just builds houses. That's pretty much it. That's <laughs> okay. That's, that's really, so that's the game. it's just building and mining <laughs> and resources. That's it. it. But she'll say, okay, mom, what do you want in your house today? And she builds me this beautiful house. Okay. I want this room and this, and she's, and I did it. I graduated in interior design and that was mm. my profession for eight years. So I kind of love it that mm -hmm. she, there's a game that she doesn't see it. Like I'm doing interior design, but she is figuring out how to build these homes. And then she's, I love it. And she has so many different worlds that she has created. Um, and she's excited to share them with me. 
Yeah, uh, Mini Row also, same thing. He just got into Minecraft. I mean, he's still working it out, but he'll be like, look at this portal I made. And he's like so excited to show me this portal. And like, that's so cool. I've never really played Minecraft. So I'm like, I don't really know what this is, but it looks <laughs> really cool. And yeah. I love it. it. It would be the same if he showed a car that he made out of Lego blocks. And mm -hmm. I was like, that's really cool. You built that. You made yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. Think, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, let's take it the other way because my uh, boyfriend, he said, when I started asking questions about gaming, he said, one of the reasons I love games so much is because it is all we had growing up. They lived at a, you know, a hard, a hard life. And uh, he said, that is what kept me off the streets. Mm. And I had every opportunity to go join a gang and to go and do be in a lot of trouble, but I was home with my siblings and we were playing just dance. And now he's a great dancer, um, but it's so fun to see they will get together now as adults and they all know and remember those dances. Yeah. And so we have like little, our family party and they whip out the old Michael Jackson, just dance and they go for it. And so to even think of it, like, yeah, they could be doing something else. He really could have had a different life had he not been gifted a game console yeah. when he was young. Yeah. I, I grew up, most of my life was in Yosemite national park. I mean, oh, wow. heaven on earth, just this little slice of, of absolute euphoria all around me. And of course, like I could have been out doing hikes all the time, but I also did enjoy coming home and playing games. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I love that there was that, uh, I don't know if I want to say not an escape, more like a refuge for your boyfriend yeah. to have this yes. thing to keep him safe and out of harm's way or making some pretty dangerous choices. Mm -hmm. And and I think we don't ever want video games to become the babysitter, mm -hmm. right? We don't want the video game to be the one thing that that children latch onto. I'm not advocating like, yeah, just give children free reign over video games. There should definitely be boundaries set. There should be limits set um, because there's so much good that can come from it as long as we are just approaching it in a healthy manner. And, and that will require parental involvement. I think it's mm -hmm. just like anything requires. Mm -hmm. We could take anything great to excess. I had children that I taught in middle school with IEPs for not reading books because they would just read constantly to the point where they would be failing class because they don't do the classwork. Oh, wow. And I'm, like the English teacher in me, I'm like, I can't believe I'm <laughs> telling you to stop reading, <laughs> but it does come down. Like it's just, it's excess and you have to learn to control these things. Anything that, that releases dopamine, which video games do and they are designed to do gives this just one more, just one more game let me just try it one more time because th there's a very good feeling that comes from it. And that can, that can be exploited. That can be mm -hmm. taken to excess. Um, but I think that like your, your boyfriend, a video game can also be a very safe place mm -hmm. and it can be a, a very good place that provides, uh, yeah, safety, security, and, and an outlet that, otherwise could have gone a very, very different mm -hmm. way. Yeah. I asked him last night, what does gaming do for you now? Because it was, you know, the refuge, like you said, 
And he said, now for me, it's more like, I like to decompress mm. at the end of a work day. And that's a really, really easy way where I just can be in another world for a minute and, and escape and be with yeah. my, my friends and my brothers. And then I come back and I'm ready for all the other things and to go, you know, and he doesn't even, he's not gaming every day. I'm sure he would love to. Um, but it's, it's in little chunks is, yeah. is more how he's approached it. And, and we do it in, and include it in family activities a lot. That's very cool. I, I commend you because I think for many couples, especially like there is this rift still of like, uh, he's, he's choosing games over me or she's yeah. choosing games over me. And, and I think you having that mindset of this is just one outlet for him mm-hmm. um i i know so many adults that do i mean we all do after a long day's work we want to decompress now yeah. for some that's video games for mm-hmm. others it's netflix yeah. for others it's just sitting on the couch and scrolling through your phone but why why are one or two or three of these acceptable but video games not you know it's yeah. just again it's the socialization it's okay because everyone is scrolling through their phone. <laughs> Everyone has Netflix. Everyone is, you know, just binge watching the latest season of Mandalorian or whatever. <laughs> like we all have all done it, but then this the video game still gets this weird yeah. stigma. Like, oh, you come home and play games. Like you could be doing something, but like, well, what are you doing? You're watching Netflix. Like we're, we're all like exactly. It's, <laughs> we're scrolling. It's just, why? Why is one okay and 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 not the other? And and I think the the same argument of it's it's necessary for us to get rest. We have to mm-hmm. get rest, and our children do too. If you think about that, a child spends six more hours at school thinking, thinking, thinking around hundreds of other students. They need to decompress too. If we think like, I just need a break from other humans and a long day's work, our children have their own careers as well. It's just in a different setting. Yes. And they also need ways to decompress. Which as a mom, I will say I had to understand and learn from my kids because I was excited, you know, you're home. How was your day? And I had mm-hmm. all these questions and they're like, just give me 30 minutes, mom. <laughs> like, yeah, just can we not talk for 30 minutes and they just either want to watch Netflix or they play a game mm-hmm. and then they're interested in, okay, let's talk about the day or let's make a plan for the rest of the day. Right. Um, so yes, I, I've been kind of on both sides where I don't understand it. I'm not a part of it. And I don't ask questions. I just set rules. Yeah. And um, then now I see it as because I have been able to just give them a little more freedom with that they have created their own boundaries around it and they're not using it and misusing it like I thought they would. And uh, it's interesting. I saw something that said, you know, if you give your kids these boundaries and you pick the games that they're playing, they're going to have feelings around it. You're not doing it wrong. If your, if your kids are mad that they can't have the game, maybe their teenage friends have. Yes. It's for different audience, right? Yes. And so sometimes I have to be that bad guy who says, I don't want you playing this game. And this is why this is what age group it's meant for. And that, thank you. But that is so important. And another thing that I think parents that just don't understand the gaming world understand, they think every game is call of duty. Every game (laughs) is mortal Kombat. Every game is this hyper violent 
super repetitive, destructive uh, stimulation that they're going through. And of course you can think that, but then you are closing yourself off from thousands of positive Mm -hmm. games. There was a game I played some years back that it's an adventure game that, that literally walks you through the five stages of grief. And it tells this like incredible story of a father that lost their child. And it's like, it impacted me so deeply. I'm like, and this is a video game. I, I, I was more emotionally struck by this than, than books I have read or movies I've watched, but it's, becoming familiar with what's out there and just like i wouldn't let my son watch uh it or Mm -hmm. you know friday the 13th like because there are appropriate games at appropriate ages and like yeah he's gonna get nightmares for the same reason i'm not letting him play violent (laughs) games at this age because it's just not meant for him at that age but that's not to say that he can't make those decisions when he's older just like I'm sure he will watch all of the Freddy Krueger movies when he's older because he <laughs> loves that stuff. Yeah, that's what my kids have turned into. And I am not a horror fan and they are <laughs> definitely horror fans. Uh, so they, yeah, they watch it with their dad instead. Um, okay, so tell me, tell me what games are for you. Oh, well, you're not going to like this because I do love horror games. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I love everything um when i was very young um like 11 12 i thought like fighter games were the only things Mm -hmm. mortal kombat street fighter that was it like that was the cool games but i think that was again just what i was taught i had to like because i was a boy Mm -hmm. and i had to like violence um and then i got sucked into all of the Final Fantasy games, which are these like oh. giant world, heavy story driven uh, video games where you you take on um, quests and adventures. And that turned me over to the, just the world of fantasy. And next thing I know, I'm reading Lord of the Rings and The mm-hmm. Hobbit, because now I'm like, I love fantasy and video games were what got me there. Hmm. Um, today, I I literally play everything and there's not a genre that. I would turn down immediately. Um, I think that um, The Last of Us, which is the the show right now on okay. HBO, um, that was one of the most powerful games I've ever played in my entire life. Um, oh, wow. I would put that as like one of like the most meaningful and poetic stories I've ever experienced. Um, so also a great show. And but then I will switch from that to. Um, resident evil and and now i'm like straight up horror and killing zombies and from there i'll go to stardew valley where i'm like farming and that's it just like (laughs) picking turnips and like turning them into the market just it's just whatever i at the time i'm like this is what i need right now i need something super (laughs) mellow like a game where i'm just a stray cat walking through neighborhoods like i will play that because why not there's there's i i have no idea oh yeah that's the thing (laughs) i wish more parents were just aware of what's out there that there there is a video game for everything i mean literally everything and and it doesn't have to just be violent and you do have to put on the parent hat and say like look i don't want you playing this you're not Mm -hmm. you're not old enough to play this but these i i find acceptable permissible and you can play these and maybe they will be mad, but also 
it's the same reason I'm not letting you watch these rated R movies right now because you're just not ready for it. Yeah. Which, yeah, boundaries are good. We're, we're fine with it. Boundaries are good. Um, okay. Tell me this. So you're a parent of a child who likes to game. You are also a partner who games. Mm-hmm. How, for those maybe who are listening, who are in your shoes, I would love to hear what has worked well for you. And maybe, I don't know if you've ever had instances where maybe things like games were more, it felt like games were the priority over your relationship. And so I know that is the case for some people Mm -hmm. and um, I see it and I hear it. And then I hear these men say, I can't play until they go to sleep. And it's like this sneaky thing. And then I'm like, I don't like that either. I, I don't like secrecy in anything, but I also don't like the control over you can't do that thing. So where have you been with that? Um, I will be the first to admit that I, I spent some time in that video game hole where long hours at work and I just wanted a moment to myself, but then I began to become too dependent on the escapism. Mm. And then I was just like, this is, this is all I want. I've just, I don't want to think about anything else. And, and this is, and you can get sucked into it. I mean, there, there's definitely a, an aspect of video games that is very tantalizing and addictive because that's what games can produce. Again, that dopamine of just, Mm -hmm. this is fun. This is fun. Just one more game. And there were many nights, uh, in my twenties where it's like, just one more game. Yeah. It's three in the morning. Just one more game, you know? And, and, and I look back and I, and I know that that wasn't healthy. That wasn't good for me or the relationship with my family. And I had to kind of step back and be like, okay, why am I doing this? And, and I think a lot of it was because I just didn't want to face some of the things that needed to be faced um or just dealing with the hardships that were going on in my life at the time and i i was putting off so many things that i really enjoyed doing like reading Mm -hmm. i just was like not reading anymore and so some years back i was like i i love books and storytelling it's why i love video games because they're great stories but now i'm i'm depriving myself of other great stories found in books. So I said, I got to stop this and turn back to some of the other things that I enjoy doing, spending more time with the family, going outside more. And, and we do have to kind of snap ourselves out of it at times. I also had to set a boundary with my friends that were regularly getting on at about (laughs) one in the morning. And I was like, guys, I can't do this anymore. Like this just this is not working for my family. <laughs> I can't play like this. And did that mean that I stopped playing with some friends? Yes. Yeah. But I also, it was like prioritizing, you know, what what do I need to prioritize? And it can't be starting games at one, two in the morning every night. Yeah. Okay. And I love that because uh, it sounds like it was you choosing to be boundaried for you and it then uh, affects your life and those around you. I have... I see that and hear that when my boyfriend is playing where he will show up and say, Hey, I can't play tonight. I got to work early in the morning or, you know, we're spending time. It's time with Ashlyn tonight, whatever. Um, and then I've heard them, the guys also say my wife 
said, I can't tonight. And, and I just, I love the, the ownership in I'm choosing to not play tonight. Yeah. Because it's I, affecting me. And I my will relationship. say, <laughs> and I, I don't want to be putting myself on a pedestal here. Like there are definitely conversations with Tiffany and I where, where we had to talk it over and we had to address it. And there are many moments where Tiffany would be like, yo, come on, man. It's like, sun's about to come up. Like, how are you still playing? And like, yeah. So we, I think, I don't want to, this is not a selling point for video games, but it definitely forced <laughs> conversation with, with your partner. It it can create um, opportunities for communication that I think are very necessary. Yeah, I think so. And uh, one of the benefits I've seen in both my children and my partner is the boundaries placed on self of saying, I need to get this done before I get to go and play video games. Mm-hmm. I want to go to the gym first, or I want to eat dinner. I mean, sometimes right. my kids, you know, they lose track of time. Mm-hmm. And so even setting a timer and saying, I need to take a break in 30 minutes so I can go to the bathroom and yeah. I can see if my body's hungry yeah. and, and see if I want to even keep playing because <coughs> Yeah. I mean, we do that with Netflix. We do that with our phones. We just get lost in that world. And so creating those boundaries for self, I think is important. And then seeing what we are prioritizing because we we never want our people to feel like we're not choosing them and prioritizing them, but it can look like that if we are not having those discussions. Yeah. And I think just with that, um, and this is for parents, um, don't don't just immediately say, turn that off, like give them that warning, give them, Hey, you got, you know, a minute, five minutes. Cause it, it is very hard to just suddenly flip something turn off. It off for the same reason. Like I'm writing at a great part of a book. Like, let me just finish this chapter. So I think for many parents that might not understand the world of gaming, um, giving a heads up can be crucial to help kids learn like, okay, I'll get off. Mm-hmm. Just let me give me have that little moment to like wrap it up before I turn it off, but also hold them to it. You know, if, yeah. if they get to that point and then it's like, I gave you the warning. I think again, it's just some strictness is required and and yeah. being firm with those boundaries. Yeah. That is another tool that I was taught to is the warnings and that goes with everything. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, we're leaving in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're ready in 10 minutes. Um, little things like that. So uh, any, any other advice you would give? Yeah. On my side of someone who's maybe not playing as much. I think, I think um, one thing that I've noticed is there's a very interesting parallel between video game stigma and like the anti diet or the, the diet culture world. Mm. Um, When you think about strict dieting um, and like food restrictions, what often happens is that person becomes fixated on what they can't have. And I think um, so often I see that in the gamer culture as well, where you're not allowed to play these games or I'm going to take the controllers and hide them from you. And, and I'm going to restrict this from you. And then they're confused why their child is so frustrated or fixated on the video games. And I think, well, because we're creating this, this same culture where video games are are looked at as a treat or a mm. reward only. 
if you do all your homework, all your chores, you go outside and play, you do this, and then and only then I'll give you a half hour to play video games. And that creates this culture of I want of I really, really, really want that. And that's all I'm thinking about because I'm having it restricted so mm. so intensely. And and I'm not advocating again free reign just let them play whenever however there should still be boundaries but when we take video games and look at it in this light of this is only a reward then we start to create the same problem that so many face in the diet culture world where it's like i i just really really want it and i'm restricted mm, if that makes, it makes sense. sense it totally makes sense and uh yeah something to there's a lot of good things you've had us thinking about i would say just Thanks. different perspective thinking and critical thinking like you have yeah that's a just just think think it through be open to viewing this differently and video games are not bad in the same way rock and roll isn't bad and dnd is not satanic <laughs> a lot of things <laughs> um and yeah i just i really appreciate this because it is part of my world now and yeah. like it or not. And so I might as well like it because the people around me like it. And I can, I have found some fun moments in participating in it. That's great. So, and there's some days where I'm like, I just want to, I'm going to do just dance. I don't dance well. I don't dance like Tiffany and Logan. <laughs> so can you teach me how to dance, Mr. Michael Jackson? <laughs> so whatever works, right? Yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your experiences. Thank you, um, Ashlyn. This was really, really a treat. It really was. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for being here with me today, whether I was with you doing your dishes while you got ready or driving in your car. If you found a nugget in this episode, please take 30 seconds. You can click on the link below in the show notes and leave me a quick review over on iTunes, or you can share on social media or shoot me an email. It offers me your support without you having to spend a dime or much of your time. Until next time, be the buffalo.